Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. This is a podcast that explores all things as they relate to dating, romance, and relationships. Why we sometimes ignore or miss the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, lying, psychological manipulation, mental illness, addiction, and so much more. Join me each week as we continue my journey into the modern dating world with my weekend rants, anonymous guest dating stories, and experts who share their wisdom so I can help you navigate the dating terrain. If you are new to the show or have been following me from the beginning, hold on tight for the anonymous Andrew experience. Now on to the show. Greetings and welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast, Life and the Choices We Make. So we're still in between season one and season two. And yes, I'm supposed to be taking a break. But I'm not taking a break. I I, I think if I better explain this, I, I, I can't afford to take a break. I need continuity. Um we're transitioning topics. So season one, season one was the relationship and everything that happened. And, you know, we wrapped it all up. And season two is going to be diving into the dating world. And boy, do I have a couple of good episodes for you. But there were a couple of episodes that either didn't get aired and, I, they, you know, they were recorded and I didn't air them. Or I recorded them and didn't know if they belong in season one or season two. So I figured do like a season one plus. And that's what we're in right now. So while season two is uh, coming up, I think around October 10th, I'm giving you a couple of episodes to listen to in the meantime, along with my rants on the weekend. So anyway, up next, Stephen Avent, a mindset coach really love what he has to say and you got to check out his instagram okay enjoy the episode and we'll talk to you on the other side hello everybody and welcome to another episode of anonymous andrew podcast life and the choices we make today with me i have steven event event hello steven did i pronounce that correctly yeah that's good Stephen is a lifestyle mindset coach. He is here to talk about his experience in the dating world. Um, But Stephen, tell us a little bit about your coaching business, how you got into it. So I run a lifestyle mindset training program, uh, coaching people to basically help them become the best version of themselves. I got into this from, you know, as most people do, Years of struggling with various things in my own life, uh, finding a path that helped me to get to the place that I'm at, seeing the success that it brought me, and then wanting to offer my story and the things, the tools that helped me in my life to others so that I could basically help shine a light on a path that could bring them to a similar place in their life. In your bio, you talk about 
um, you have uh, you've had some dating uh, online dating experiences, and my my new season that I'm starting that we're in now is all about online dating, and you're currently engaged to somebody. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that happened and where you met her? And I understand that there was a little bit of a a rocky beginning to that. I'd, I'd like to hear about that. Yeah, of course. So, I, I mean, at my age, I came out of a 10 year relationship, so I had no experience with online dating whatsoever. You know, it had sort of developed and been released uh, during that time frame. Uh, coming out of that, I uh, went into a period of, you know, experiencing, experimenting with the uh, various apps that were out there and, you know, had an array of exposure to that positive and negative experiences. And then through that time, I ended up meeting my current fiance through Bumble. Um, and then as you mentioned, the, the, the beginning of that relationship was quite rocky. At stages, I would even question outwardly to her, you know, is this a good relationship? Are we getting into something that's good when it's starting off so challenging, when we're having so much conflict so early on? You know, the reality is I had always gone through you know, or had been experiencing relationships that started off in a honeymoon phase. They were always very positive, you know, right. very full of sweetness and, and goodness. Uh, this one started off very different from that. And so as we worked through this, I started to recognize that although it didn't start off in that typical manner and we were regularly finding ourselves in conflict, we both kept coming back to the table and growing together. We weren't necessarily repeating the same conflicts. And so over time, I started to accept that perhaps this is an okay way of starting a relationship instead of it being just that blissful honeymoon phase that eventually hits the rocky period. We were getting the real stuff out in the beginning. You know, we were getting the dirt out in the, the start of the relationship and then growing from it. And so, um, yeah, you know, we're now three years in and uh, in a stage where we have developed and grown significantly together. And I proposed last April in uh, Miami at a mastermind we were attending. Amazing. So you started a relationship that didn't have a honeymoon period. And it, that, so I'm just blown away by that because I, the, the relationship that I was in, it was traditional in the sense that the, at the beginning, the honeymoon period was amazing, although there were a lot of red flags, but uh, love is blind and I chose to ignore them. C could, can you give me an example or us an example of what some of the conflicts you talked about? You don't have to get too personal, but just give me an example. For sure. I mean, you know. Right off the beginning, there were little things where the first dinner we ever had, uh, she was questioning whether I was being honest with some of the things I was explaining about myself, which was, you know, not a typical first date. And uh, normally people are a little bit more, um, you know, just softer, warmer at the beginning. Uh, and then from there, you know, we, we quickly got into a time frame of COVID and so we're forced into an option of either sort of cohabitating or distancing. And at that stage, she was uh, responsible for taking care of her 89-year-old father 
who had dementia. And so we went right into a cohabitation with this elderly uh, Asian man who barely spoke any English, living, both of them then moving into my one bedroom plus then single bathroom condo. Uh, and, and so the conflicts varied from, you know, just the regular everyday stuff. Um, you know, earlier on me still not being entirely committed to the relationship but, and her sort of coming from a same position where we had both come out of longer term relationships. Both of us had sort of individually on our own told ourselves that we weren't necessarily going to look for anything serious. And we both ended up in the dating world, just sort of experiencing you know, what was out there. Um, and so myself, I, you know, coming out of that 10 year relationship had told myself I need at least a year to sort of reboot. And so these things in themselves brought up conflict because, you know, there was other people sort of in and out of the environment or personal environments as we were getting to know each other. And I think this is one that's more common nowadays with the dating apps, but not one that's overly common for, you know, sort of traditional, uh, dating in the past. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, the conflicts came um, from us just getting to know each other, but the big thing was that they were very outward and they weren't sort of smooth over like I was used to in most honeymoon phases. Interesting. I just find that fascinating because you were able to, I think for myself and, and maybe I don't know, majority of people might, if those conflicts happened early on, they would have, I would have said, this is just not what I'm looking for and walked away. But I'm, I'm wondering if COVID wasn't a, a, a part of this story, do you think this would have, you would have worked through it anyway? I definitely threatened the relationship the way that it would be phrased. Uh, and I did things like stonewalling, which is basically creating a wall to protect myself because I felt these conflicts coming in. But the thing is, is that any time that I pulled away, she would step forward and sort of bring us back to the table and we would discuss it and develop past it. Uh, and then in turn, any time that she had pulled away, I did that. And so through this dance, uh, where in many cases, people would just walk away, we kept drawing each other back in and actually developing through these phases and strengthening the relationship accordingly. So whether it would have held on or not without COVID, I mean, I can never say for sure because we did live through, but there was also a period where she had gone back to her place as the, the conditions through COVID relaxed, and we were still in that turmoil. We, we were not in a smoother phase overall of our relationship yet, and we still did persist and continue to grow in that manner. So I would tend to feel that we likely would have any. Interesting, because as you're telling this story, I'm remembering a similar pattern that I had in that relationship I was in where if she stepped back, I would step forward. And if I stepped back, she would step forward. And we, and we did do that dance. But uh, in my story, there was infidelity. Um, speaking of which, and I'm, and I'm sorry, I didn't 
during the pre-recording, I didn't mention this, but in your bio, you did talk about infidelity in the 10-year relationship you were in. Uh, are you comfortable talking about that? Yeah, I'm open to discussing things. <laughs> okay, okay. The, the The reason I ask is that I'm still wrapping my head around the concept of infidelity. Um, when somebody's in a relationship and you're and you're committed, and you and you feel the need to step outside that relationship for, uh, I, I'm guessing sexual needs, um, or maybe emotional needs. Sometimes that's where it starts. Why why do we do that and not say to the person, I can no longer be in this relationship, so therefore I'm going to step out. And because that's something that logically, and I know in the real world, it doesn't work like that. So I, I think I'm just looking for your perspective on the infidelity of why sure. somebody steps out. Yeah. So I, I think that this is something that we could probably talk about for the entire duration of the talk, but um, <laughs> to sort of try to cut through to it, I think very often it's done out of selfish needs. Uh, I think that out of fear, uh, people are not outwardly open about their needs uh, or intentions. Um, I think that it's, you know, typically a weakness in the individual to not be able to handle the situation outright in the relationship with, you know, before going and doing whatever it is that they're going to do on their own. I think that there's a series of reasons that might be different for each individual. I think very often we see that it is just a physical need. Um, and I think that often, you know, I mean, right back to the idea that we live much longer and we are with individual partners, or at least the intention, for much longer than we would have been in history. Uh, it's not necessarily something that is natural to humans, but I do think that it is something that if we can develop ourselves um, with the understanding of the value that comes in to play when we are in that long-term committed relationship, we can start to change the perspective that I think is more mainstream in our society. And I think this is something that has been taught, especially to young men or boys, yeah. um, that, that the pursuit of more women is where the value is held. But as I've been developing myself from my previous mindset that did start at a very young age and what I was exposed to through, you know, social media, uh, media, and those in my environment, I have realized that much like most things in life, although it might not be the easier path, when you do pursue that path with full intent, the rewards are much fuller. So, you know, staying committed to that individual and true to your word brings a lot more benefit to life as a whole. And I think once you start stepping out, you know, lying, not only are you going to hurt that person, but you're also lowering your own self. And so this then goes back into, you know, various other aspects of life. But as you're stepping out on that person, you are stepping out on yourself too. And you are lowering your internal self-value. And whether you're conscious of it or not, 
as I recognize this, I see that the other behaviors in most of these people's lives coincide with that too. There's more likely um, drug use, alcohol abuse, or other things that are consuming their life in a negative manner and not allowing them to really develop in many aspects of life to be the person that they should be. So I think it tends to all be sort of intertwined. Um, and, you know, it, it does come down to a lot of what we are taught. And then it comes down to what we accept for ourselves. Agree 100%. It, it's, it's a topic that in the, in the, the real world where men instinctively have this uh, goal to procreate. So somewhere in the evolution that men are, they're, they're, biologically, they're designed to spread their seed to multiple people. That's the innate uh, bio structure of, of it's when, the, it's when the, the, the soul and the person's mind they conflict. So I, um, I, I used to not, I, I was always a loyal person. So if I found that I was in a relationship that I didn't, that I, and I saw something that I wanted to step out, I would sabotage that relationship. So they, they would end it and then I could go on to the next one. But that was a pattern and it was just a destructive pattern that continued for for such a long time for you know at least the last 30 years unfortunately i keep doing it um except for this last relationship which is a completely different story she's the one that yeah. stepped out and you know so okay um thank you i'm so, thank you for sharing that um back to the the topic of dating and let's talk about the dating apps you were on bumble um, how was your experience? Uh, obviously, I'm guessing that you didn't, she wasn't the first person you met. What was your experience on the dating apps at that time? And were you on more than one? Uh, I was on more than one. Um, I was on Hinge, Bumble, and Tinder, I can recall. And no, she was definitely not the first person that I had met, um, nor the last for that matter. Um, but I overall would say that I had a positive experience. and. I think in part, I, I've always been typically pretty fortunate about who I attract as partners. And this wasn't to say that every experience was great. Uh, you know, some of the people were not quite what I thought they were going to be when, uh, when I originally matched with them. Uh, and, and this is both physically and, you know, mentally, emotionally, uh, you know, what they were showing up with, but. I would say that overall, I had a generally speaking positive experience. And of course, I have to say that I ended with a very positive one in the end, because it did allow me to meet somebody that has added so much value to my life and, and in turn that I have done the same for her. And, and this does bring me back to, you know, it sort of ties into what you just said, where you just wind up with about 30 years of repeating the same behavior in your relationships and then coincidentally attracted a woman that did the same to you. And so Correct. this is where I do feel that so often people are out searching for this person that's going to make them whole, but we need to be making ourselves that best person that we love, we respect, 
and we, you know, want to be more than anything else. And then we will attract that mere representation of ourselves. And too often we're looking for somebody to complete us where we need to be complete and we will in turn attract the person that will complement us rather than complete us. I heard just the other day, it's whether I need to have a partner or I want to have a partner. And if mm. I go into dating with the mindset that I need a partner, there's then I'm not, I'm not whole, I'm not complete yet. I, I need mm. to be at the place where I don't need a partner, but I would like a partner. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, if you're going into a relationship with a need, you are coming from a deficit. You are not going in offering your best self forward. You know, you're not bringing the value. You're looking for somebody to provide you with value. You're inherently exactly. starting at a negative and there's no way you're going to develop it into a positive coming from that place. You know, we need to be always focused on what can I do to be my best self? And then everything else will just complement that person. So even in relationships, you know, a big thing that I focus on, this is something that took me years to develop, but is what can I do at all times in this relationship? for it to be the best that it can be. And this can be right down to little things. Like if you have distinct chores in your house, you know, I do this and they do that. But this day I wake up and I have the opportunity to do one of their chores because I simply have the time and capability of doing it. I just do it. And I do it without the intention of pointing it out or having a balance owed back. It's simply just putting in my 100%, 100% of the time. And when you do this in life as a whole, all of a sudden you start realizing that things just keep getting better. And you build off a place of gratitude and ability, you know, always focusing on the positive end of everything, opposed to looking for what somebody else can give you. And I think that it, it ultimately applies to relationships as a whole, for sure. Okay. Before we, we recorded, I told you I had uh, looked at your Instagram and I found something on there that you had posted. And I want to kind of try to integrate what that thought you just brought up with something that I experienced. So you wake up and you have some free time and there's a chore that your partner would normally do on that day, but you decide that you're going to do it for them. That's coming from a place of what or where inside you. And so even right there where you said that I choose to do it for them, I am not doing it for them. If anything, I'm doing it for us, but I'm simply doing it because I can. It's basically just being of service and doing what I can when I can at all times. And so, you know, some days if I'm sick, well, I might not be able to do my own chores, but it's just about doing that hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. And, and the degree of your hundred percent capability will fluctuate on a daily basis. But when I'm able to do something, especially if I see that somebody else is unable to simply doing it because I can is the purpose, you know, and it's, it's about 
basically coming from a place of gratitude in the, in the ability that I am able to do this. So if I change the perspective that I just want things done as best as possible, and I want life to be as good and smooth as possible, why would I not do this thing that I'm able to do at that time? Okay. So let me integrate that with what you posted on, on Instagram, where you said something to the effect that if we keep score or make a list of the things that we do for either our partner or for the relationship, and we have to sometimes repeat that list. Um, for example, I would find myself in the doghouse. I, I did something once at the beach. I, uh, my, my, I, don't think any, I don't think I've ever revealed this on the podcast. We were at the beach one day, and I looked at a woman wearing a bikini that was sitting next to us. And she caught me. So my eyes were wandering and I got caught. And of course, you, any man knows that when you get caught doing that, you're in the doghouse, literally. And it could last a day or it could last a week. This one took it, my ex took it a long time. And I found myself regurgitating all the wonderful things that I have done for her that should erase the one mistake that I did. So I literally would say like, I, my, my score is like a 95% and there's a 5% mistake I made. Can't you see that the, the balance is, you know, can you not, can you not erase that? And there's this thing, and I've heard this that, and, and I'm not saying all women do this, but women will, will hold on or, or take that one small negative thing and it'll, it will erase all the positive things that you've done. So going back to that list that, that, because I did that, I would make a list in my head or keep score of what I did for her. And it would never work. It would always backfire. You yeah. know, imagine it having is. to keep track of a, a balance in order to be able to yep. regurgitate it on command. Number two, it means that you are doing things with an intention of having it owed or potentially owed at some point in the future, which means that you're not actually doing it for them. You are doing it for yourself to selfish behavior. The other thing is if you've made an, a mistake, we can't rest on our positives in order to remove the negatives. We need to make amends and correct the behavior of the negative in itself. So this is like, you know, it's, if I make a lot of money, but then I eat like shit and I'm, I'm really out of shape and my health is terrible, they don't equate together. They don't balance each other out. These are separate things altogether. And so Correct. in this situation that you mentioned, I mean, you know, that's a discussion that individual partners have to have. But in the case that that is an unacceptable behavior, you know, through and through, in my opinion, the behavior that has to take place is simply an apology for the situation that occurred. We need to just identify the problem and have a discussion about it. We need to sit down at the table with one another and, you know, walk through that situation. We can't bring back the other things that we've done and try to make an exchange. And, and that's exactly what I attempted to do. And, and, 
it backfired each and every time. There was another instance we were at a concert and I was staring at something and I was literally in my mind. Um, we were waiting for the band to come on and my mind had drifted. I was actually looking, uh, it was a venue where you go see bands, but they serve alcohol and there was a bar not too far. And, and as everybody knows, I'm in recovery. And I was looking at the bar and I just got lost. And I was thinking to myself, it'd be nice if I could have a drink right now, but I can't. But she was watching me and she saw me staring down at the crowd. And of course, she thought that I was that I found somebody to look at again. And, and, and this time I, I didn't. I wasn't looking at another woman. And I found myself in the doghouse once again. And this time I was innocent because my mind had just for two minutes. I went into yeah. that. What do you you know, when you when you when your your eyes glass over and you just you, you start pondering something. You're not there. You're not present. And and but she picked up on that. And then again, I found myself defending it. And with you know, but babe, look, look, just look at how much money I spent on this concert and the dinner. And it was it was a whole big shebang for that night. So okay, um, I I just wanted to acknowledge that post you you did on your Instagram. It's it's a fantastic concept, and it's something that I need to work on because I know that in, in the next relationship I might. If I do something like you said, get up and do do somebody's chores or help them, I, I don't want to put that into my positive basket or, bank or account in my bank. Yeah, 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 bank yeah. account. So, and so I would okay. like to touch base on just one small detail there too. Sure, is that all of this that I'm discussing is about having these um, exchanges within a healthy relationship. You know, some of those things that might come up in people's minds of past experiences like this that might, you know, reflect in their own relationships, these might be coming from situations that are not healthy. You know, you can't be expected to never have your eyes come across another individual. You know, there, there could be possessiveness and jealousies that need to be addressed on the other end here too. Um, especially because I do strongly feel that like we live in a world of beauty. Our eyes are literally developed to perceive the world in a certain way that many animals are not. So it's very unrealistic that we would never appreciate the beauty of another human while being with somebody. No, I think that there's also respect boundaries there. You know, so I've always sort of perceived it like, like looking at the sun, you know, don't stare too long, you know, but. If you glance at the beauty of the sun, like you should be allowed to appreciate it. But if you look too long, you might go blind. You know, so it's sort of that idea. Yeah, and you you had mentioned something earlier that I, I happen to know some of the backstory of her, where she was uh, a I want to say victim. Her ex husband had cheated on her, so I we were in a relationship six months after that marriage ended. And I think she had already a low self esteem. She was a beautiful woman, very beautiful, but she was already, I think, looking at me to see if I was going to cheat on her. Um, and, and I had never had any intentions, but I, I think when she saw me looking at another woman in a bikini on the beach, and I, I, I dare any man to say that they can't, avoid looking at them 
Uh, but it's what you said, how long do you look? And I think that's what my problem was, is I stared a little too long. So, um, okay. And again, this is something that we sort of touched on before. You know, she came into a relationship realistically prior to doing all the work that she needed to do on herself to get herself to be the person that she admired most. And she was carrying around baggage that you then had to carry the weight of. You know, so this is in itself a whole other topic of, you know, we always need to be letting go of our past. Like as humans, we, especially in our society, we get so caught up in living in our past that we have a hard time living in the present and developing for the future. We're looking to control things way too much where we can only really influence what it is that we're doing now. And if we carry too much of the baggage from the past, it's going to take our present, which will just offset the trajectory of our future. I couldn't agree more. And that could be a good segue into how do we apply everything we just talked about into, so I am at the stage where I have been single now for in another week, it'll be one full year that I have been not in a relationship. And for me, that's like any addict or alcoholic being sober for a year. For me, not being in a relationship, I took a year off. That's not that's not who I am. I'm I'm a serial relationship person, one after the other. Mm -hmm. So one relationship ended, I would jump into the next one, not date. I, the next person that I met online or offline, and I I would pursue a relationship until that ended. It could be a year, it could be two years, whatever. This was a pattern. I took the last year off to do none of that. I did go on some dates with no intent. And that's a new phrase I have, dating with intent. With no intent to develop, find, or seek a soulmate, you know, or forever person. However, I, I think now at my stage, and, and, and I say this for the audience who's following my journey, I need to start dating with intent and start looking for that next partner, but leave all that baggage behind me. Stephen, I have some horrible memories of the infidelity that she bestowed upon me, and, and, and I, without getting into details because the audience knows it all, but what she was doing on the side, I'm carrying into, a, if I go on a date with somebody, there's trust issues already. So here I am talking about looking at women in bikinis but I was, I still stayed loyal. But if I go and date, I'm like you, I'm on bubble, I'm on hinge and, and another one. And I'm talking to women, but I, I don't, I'm struggling to make any connections with women currently on, on these dating apps. Any thought as to how I can change that mindset, sever that connection, that baggage that I'm carrying? I mean, so it is just a conscious decision, number one, and it is about developing yourself to be that best version of yourself and understanding that regardless of what somebody else exposed you to, it only gives you the ability to strengthen yourself further if you take advantage of it and okay. embrace it. And so, you know, entirely losing the victim mentality, recognizing where you did play a role. And then understanding that the rest of it was an opportunity given to you to develop yourself further. 
And no matter what it is that happens in our lives, no matter how hard it is for us to see it this way, when we do this, we take back our power. You know, because regardless of how atrocious the other person's behavior was, we always have some role to play. And when we can acknowledge that and we can develop because of it, we only get to grow ourselves. And so the other thing, of course, is a relationship is such a dynamic thing. You know, you can't force the meeting of your soulmate. You know, this is something that you have to just be your best self and know that it will eventually attract that complimentary partner. And even then, the expectation that this person may be the perfect person for you is crazy. You know, we need to develop together and learn each other and grow and fill in our strengths and weaknesses, including accepting things that we may not want if we do want a lifelong partner. Because the perfect soulmate, that perfect match, that perfect puzzle piece is not a realistic thing. Although the odd person may find it, there's almost 8 billion people on the planet. So the, you know, the, right. the possibility of it is, is present that we might get a really close match. It's not something that you're necessarily going to find in your lifetime. And if instead you're constantly focused on just making you the best version of you so that you are fully content and fulfilled with your own life, you're just going to naturally attract somebody that sees that value in you. Now, as long as you're resting on one strength and excusing the rest, you're going to attract somebody that is just drawn to that one strength that they're going to carry around the same baggage that the last person did and the person mm. before then, or that you're mirroring in yourself. I'm trying to absorb that. Yeah, that's, well, the question that I asked you was a deep, deep dive into I guess the whole concept of how do I improve myself to become the best version of myself to put that out there. It sounds like you're on the path. You know, you've yeah. told me that oh, you're, I... you're exercising, you're eating well. You know, I think that things like meditation and reading the right stuff, you know, building your mindset is crucial to everything. Without that, that concrete mindset, and that winner attitude that everything is happening for me and everything is an opportunity for the equivalent amount of growth that I may struggle from. Um, when we start stacking all of these things and we just focus on every day being a series of us doing what we can do to make the best of that day, the relationship that you draw in will simply complement that. So it's not so much looking to force somebody into your life. It's just about making your life the best that it is. You'll be content. And this is where we, we already touched on this. You'll be content with yourself already. And then you will just find somebody that just goes so well with that. And that in there is why I started this podcast, because at the end of the last relationship, after after being on a depression for three months, I, I woke up one day and I said, I can't do this anymore. It's like the alcoholic or somebody or anybody who hits rock bottom. They, they finally mm -hmm. surrender and say, I, and, and I knew something had to change. Uh, 
having a background in technology and having a background, I used to be a DJ way back many, many years ago. Uh, I, and I was a po listening to podcasts all the time. I said, let me start a podcast and see if I can find how to grow spiritually, emotionally mat mature and, and everything we just talked about so that I can organically maybe attract that non-perfect person. Um, because I agree with you that if we look for the perfect person, you're not, you're just not going to, you're not going to find them. And and if you do, you're going to, you're going to see that there's going to, you're going to miss some of the red flags that might, you might be focusing on one aspect. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what I did was I, I focused on the, the, the physical beauty and ignoring some of the, and in the early parts of that relationship I was in, there were so many red flags at the beginning. So, all right, uh, Stephen, we got to wrap this up. Tell us a little bit about your practice and how we can find you. And um, the, I do have a website, but realistically, my main focus of, um, you know, exposure is Instagram. Um, my brother's deeper coaching is my uh, Instagram headline. Uh, and basically, I offer to others what it is that worked so well for me. I found this blueprint lifestyle that enables me to take control of every day and turn it into the best that it can be, just like I said. So whereas for much of my life, I woke up and I was subjected to the emotions that I woke up with, I now have processes that I put in place to ensure that I get myself to be that person, to get into the energy and the mindset that is going to make me the most valuable I can be for everyone that I encounter in my life, which of course in turn makes my day the most valuable it can be for me. And so I basically offer accountability and that same blueprint to my clients to help guide them and shine on that same path in their life to enable them to reach their goals in developing themselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. I definitely work with women as well, but the main focus is to develop grown boys into men because I feel that this is something that our society is lacking. And I know from my life personally, it was something that I'm lacking uh, as far as having that proper male figure when I was growing up. So I now try to be that person for others. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Everything from the red pill movement, younger generation to 20 to 30s uh, are, are seeing in social media. It, it's, it's just not how I grew up. And um, I'm, I'm glad there's somebody like you out there that can at least help somebody. There's some men out there that just have the wrong concept. And, and I, I could throw myself into that category myself. I, while I was brought up in a very good home, there was no trauma, there was no divorce, there was no alcoholism. Uh, I, I was brought up well, but I, I veered off that path uh, early on. And that's a whole different story. But um, I'm glad there's somebody out there like you doing this. And um, I urge my audience to at least check out your Instagram because I did and I found it, you know, the first three or four posts I looked at were, were amazing. So. Stephen, uh, any parting thoughts uh, before we say goodbye? I mean, basically, uh, you know, 
always focus on gratitude in life. And uh, through that, you'll find the fulfillment that you deserve. And uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm glad that uh, you found value in what I'm putting out. And I hope a lot of your oh, listeners yeah. do too. Yeah. No, you, you got some, you got some great stuff. Um, and I'm going to go check out your website. What is your website? My brother's keeper, my brother's, uh, Excellent. All right. I'll put all that in the show notes. Everybody, Stephen event, a lifestyle mindset coach. Great, great talk here. Stephen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I would like to thank Stephen Avent so much for joining me. You know, when people talk about taking a break and doing work on yourself, this is what they're talking about. When I decided to take some time off from dating and getting into relationships to fix the problems that I couldn't even identify until I started this podcast. I have learned so much in this past year about what I was doing wrong. In the beginning, the mindset was, oh, poor me, poor me. She Look what she did. She cheated on me and she lied and gaslit. But where was my part in all of that? And Throughout this, these past almost 70 episodes, I have learned so much as to the part that I played. Yes, of course, what she did was her choice, but maybe I triggered a little too much of what she did. Um, I, I, I don't know how to explain that, but I hope you get the idea. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, people of all genders, once again, thank you for listening. Please take 30 seconds, stop, leave a review and check out my social media. Spread the word. If you have a friend who could benefit from this podcast, please pass it along and if you need to make a choice, I urge you to please stop and think, is this the right decision? Because I didn't stop and think. And look what happened to me. Until next time. Ciao.